Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Faith in It with Kay. So I'm glad to kind of share with you the things that I'm randomly thinking about. And the things that I'm randomly thinking about right now are my love for, and I had to look it up, for those TikToks, um, videos like they come on the Black Love page on Instagram. Uh, with the with surrender by Natalie Taylor, I love 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 <laughs> those um, videos and like just kind of like seeing people's like dating journeys like ah so yeah so that's something that I'm loving um, every time I see them I repost them because I they're so cute and they bring a little tear to your eyes depending on how. The narration of the the relationship goes so so that yep so that's something that I'm thinking about also um the democratic convention was this week um so uh Joe Biden Kamala Harris was um officially they officially became the democrat democratic nominees um, for president and vice president. Um, I thought they did a, I didn't watch every single day, but for the days that I watched, I thought they did a good job. Um, the only thing, I guess I have to wait for the debates. Hopefully we're still doing that. I want to hear more about policies. Of course I'm saying still anyway, vote for them (laughs) because I can't do Trump anymore. Um, but I'm excited to hear more about policies. Um, not so much about why Trump is terrible because we know that already. Um, I am excited to hear about policies. What are the policies that they're looking and putting in place? Um, so I was, ex- you know, I was excited about that um, as well. But like I said, um, I want to hear more about their policies and what they plan on doing and what they plan on putting in place. Um, so, um, yeah. So those are things that I'm thinking about, um, very random, um, but I'm thinking about love and I'm thinking about um, voting. So those are two things that are on my mind currently. Also, um, the next thing that you'll hear is my conversation with Miss Vedra Johnson. Uh, Vedra is actually my uh, real estate um, agent, and as I'm in the process of purchasing a home, so I wanted to... Through this process, I've learned so much. I really thought it was simpler than it actually is. And I kind of went in um, just wondering if there was a possibility for me, not really, um, of course, trusting God that God could do all things, um, but more of inquiring. And Veja has just been so awesome and like and patient and teaching me and, um, and sharing with me what I need to know. So I thought it would just be an excellent time to kind of have her on and for her to just tell you, you know, our audience about that process of home buying, because right now it's a perfect time to buy um, a house if, you know, that is something that you're looking to do. Like, the interest rates are so low, um, so it is a perfect time to buy. And truly, the houses are not staying on the market. Um, Like, they're, like, putting up houses, like, today, and, like, the next day they're under contract. Um, So if you are considering it, I thought it'd be great to have her on to just kind of have that conversation. What are some things that we should be thinking about and how do we plan um, for, honing, for owning our own home? So I'm excited. This, is, this will be, God willing, the first of many um, properties that I'll be able to own. 
So the next thing that you'll hear is a conversation with Phaedra. She's filled with so much wisdom, so I'm excited uh, for you guys to hear this conversation. Everyone, so today we have Miss Vaja Johnson. Um, so she's going to tell you who she is in a little bit, but I want to get started with the Get to Know You segment. Hey, Vaja. Hey, how's everybody today? <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm glad to um, be invited and um, share some information today. So thank you so much for the invitation. You're welcome. You're welcome. So we're going to get started. I want to ask you three of your favorite things. Can you tell us three of your favorite things, please? Yes. Um, I love to travel. Ooh. Um, that is uh, one of my favorite things to do. Uh, despite COVID, I really haven't been anywhere. Yeah. I was looking forward to doing uh, some type of international trip this year. Um, so that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I love to eat. Ooh, um, good one. My, my background was in food service, so I ate all day. Um, <laughs> so I'm a foodie. Uh, a junk food lover, lots of sweets and sugar, <laughs> and I love watching television. Uh, a little bit of ratchet TV. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. But I also like uh, gangster movies and and mob movies. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so those are good. Um, those are good because like. <laughs> I'm right with right there with you on the traveling. That's like one of my things. Like I haven't gotten to do much traveling, but it's definitely something that I am prayerful about and that I really, really want to do like as much as possible, see the world. Absolutely. Um, and I love food. Oh Who doesn't love so. food? <laughs> Who so. doesn't? That's all we could do these last, what, five months? Five, right, six months? right. Right, because the only way you're traveling is through the TV screen. So, <laughs> yeah, and then you can travel with the food too, because you can, you know, I like I have a lot of um, friends that have learned to cook different meals from different places. So, because they had to okay. recreate their favorite restaurant meals, so okay. a lot of people got to travel through the food that they were eating and created in their own kitchen. So that was pretty cool. Okay. All right. Can you tell us your happy place? Um. My happy place. I like to spend time uh, in solitude, um, whether it's checking in to a hotel um, to get away from any stressors mm -hmm. and refocus and re, re um, organize. Um, yeah. Because especially with COVID, um, you being at home, if you have a family, everybody's in one place. Yeah. You can't go, you know, a lot of places, things are closed and your way of life has changed. Mm. Um, so there are some stressors with being at home. Uh, your day to days have changed. Uh, we have a new normal. So just, you know, getting out and I like to now COVID is really not over. But um, just within the last week, I did go to a hotel. Yeah, uh, just to clear my mind for one evening from my family. Yeah, um, because I could sense myself, you know, getting a little overwhelmed. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Um. So with that, like, how are you self caring and taking care of yourself during this time? Um. 
I love getting my hair and my nails done. Okay. That's just a regimen that I um, continue to keep up. Uh, every two weeks, I get my hair and my nails done. Um, that's my true self-care. I don't miss an appointment. COVID made me miss a couple appointments, but... <laughs> Uh, if we were not in the midst of a pandemic, you're going to find me at somebody's nail salon and hair salon. So even if, you know, I don't get a chance to really, you know, say I'm going to go to a winery or go out with my girlfriends. Yeah. I know that in two weeks I will have uh, three, you know, three to four hours of self-care, whether it's, ha- you know, my hair or my nails. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, so we're going to get started. Um, usually on the like podcast, um, I would introduce who you are, but I think it's just more effective to have my guests kind of tell us, us including myself, who you are. So can you tell us a little bit more about who is Vajra Johnson? I am a wife, a mother of two boys, 15 mm-hmm. and a soon-to-be five-year-old. Wow. Uh, a- a womanpreneur. Um, mm-hmm. I am a licensed real estate agent in the states of Delaware and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, also a property investor. Um, I love that as well. I love projects. Yeah. Uh, I'm originally from, I live in Newcastle, Delaware. Yeah. Originally from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. And I bet you guys are wondering, how did I end up in Delaware? <laughs> uh, I came in 2005 to Delaware State University. Mm. Um, and that's where I obtained uh, my Bachelor um, of Science degree in business management. Yeah. And then I left and I, you know, had a job in corporate America. And um, that's kind of what brought me back to Delaware. I bought my first house um, and then... My my job was changing and I was relocating to the Philly market as far as my job. And I was like, why don't we come back to Delaware? So we came back in 2013 and have been here ever since. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay, because, yeah, that was definitely something I was like, uh, how did you get from North Carolina to here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's literally, I'm like, always a question I ask, for, I ask anyone. It's like, when they're from anywhere... Um, it's like, well, how did you get to Delaware? Because I remember growing up, when I'd say Delaware, a lot of people would be like, well, where's that? Absolutely. I'm like, Didn't you learn, like I did, that it's the first state? And But like, no. <laughs> everyone no. knows Philly, but they don't know Delaware. Yep. And I have to say, it's in between Maryland and Pennsylvania or yes. New Jersey. And we're like 30 <laughs> minutes from Philly. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's exactly what you have to do. You have to talk about all the places that they know around us. Um, but it is. It, it's such a good place. Like, it's such a calm place, really, um, mm-hmm. to live and to be. And it's, it, it definitely helps tax-free. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a selling point. Yeah. Like, that's definitely a blessing. Um, but I thank you again for saying yes, um, because... I, you know, I, I really just, as you talked about, like being uh, in real estate, I really just want you to kind of talk to us. So most of the questions, y'all, will be about real estate. Um, Veja is my uh, 
and my real estate agent. Like that's how we're connected. That's how I got <laughs> to meet her. Um, so she is helping me try uh, in finding a house, a home. Um, and I just thought like throughout this process, there were so many things that she was teaching me or informing me about um, that I didn't know before. And I thought it would just be great to have her on. And for anyone that's thinking about buying a house, because right now the market is super, super low um, as yeah. it pertains to like interest rates. And so it's a good time to buy if you're able to do that. Um, so I just wanted her to be able to kind of talk, talk us through or tell us a little bit about what that process looks like. Um, so yeah, that's what she's going to help us out. But I do want her to tell us um, a little bit about her journey and like what motivates her. Cause you know, you did mention um, moving industries. So mm -hmm. if you could just tell us a little bit about like that shift or that move and like what it is that motivates you in this particular industry. Yes. Yes. So um, the past 10 years um, I had worked for one company but I had moved up three times to program director, mm. uh, managing about five million in uh, revenue, um, and I was—I had made some successes. I mean, yeah. I was black, yeah. African American, um, a woman, but yeah. also at the time when I was working that in that role, I wasn't thirty, mm. so a lot of my um, colleagues were old enough to be my parents yeah um they did not look like me it was more male dominated um and as i said you know they had put in maybe 20 years of service before getting to that point yeah um and i had always expressed that i wanted more to my management team and i just wasn't getting it mm. um and my husband was really the driving force behind me saying, it's time to try something else. And it was three years in the works of him saying, you need to just leave your job. You need to just, you know, do this. Yeah. And I fought him, you know, really hard about it. <laughs> and I think what happened was I got my bonus check. Mm. I had... We, I had some staffing challenges. Um, I couldn't keep, you know, certain people in roles. Uh, I helped obtain a contract for an additional five years and they just didn't see my worth. Wow. And when I got my, my bonus check, I was, I was hurt. So I decided that I needed to make a change. And my husband, he's also an agent as well, started to pick up tremendously yeah. uh, with the business. So I decided to take a, you know, take a leap out on faith. Yeah. And here I am a year and a half later, um, working with my husband, but also, you know, doing what I want to do. My passion, yeah. I love real estate. I love helping people. And not only that, I get to see my children uh, grow on a day-to-day yeah. -day basis because I would make excuses um, about why. I couldn't go here or do this. My job was always number one. Mm. So I missed out on a couple trips or different things going on because I felt as though I had to be at work. Yeah. And it wasn't going nowhere, to be honest. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So like, I mean, you said a lot, 
and I'm like, I'm trying real hard not to like ask you certain questions because you've just said a lot and just, you know, in just that space of like being a young person um, in a field that was heavily dominated by um, another race um, and then also another gender and then also be like older <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like that space of like you recognizing your value and your worth. But also, but being in a in a place that didn't recognize that, um, absolutely. And then, can you just can you just talk a little bit about like being in that space? Because like I think, oftentimes we all find ourselves in those moments. Um, and like you said, you stayed for a little while, but finally you were like, okay. When that check came, you were like, okay, it's time, it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those people who might be in a place where they're like, okay, they want something different. Um, can you speak to them about like kind of just taking that leap and that step um, to, to kind of like demand something better, even if it meant leaving? Um, You're going to worry about the money Mm. because you're either with me. I knew I was guaranteed a check every two weeks. Yeah. I knew what my money looked like every two weeks. Yeah. Um, So I was afraid to not see what was what was my hard-earned money yeah and once i took that leap of faith all the headaches Mm. of that job just went away wow literally when i say went away i didn't have to worry about my supervisors calling me to say this broke or Mm -hmm. this employee didn't show up or the, the president of the college at the time was complaining because this wasn't right or yeah. the dean of students. You know, I it was no worries after that. Yeah. I could just focus on myself, my family, and now my new venture in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And you know, as you're just talking and I I'm hearing you say faith a lot and it's just like for you like what does faith mean? Like um, when we're asking someone, you know, to like, or for yourself, when you, when you took a leap of faith, like what did that mean? Like what did faith mean for you? Um, I knew that there were going to be dark times and dark mm-hmm. moments, but I know that I knew that, you know, at the end of the tunnel, there was going to be this light shining. Yeah. Um, and I could say that, I've had more great successes than failures um, during this time of transition. Um, And I wouldn't trade it for the world, Uh, especially the failures that have come my way. Yeah. Yeah. Because you learn, you learn from your failures and you grow. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, I know for me, like I was always, And I used to be like so prayerful about it. I'm like, God, um, please tell me what to do so I don't, you know, fall or I don't like I I didn't want to fall and I didn't want to keep like going through the challenges or those those failures and different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I grew, the more I recognized that it is those failures that lead you to your success. So they they teach you to navigate life a little bit differently. They teach you um, almost warning signs for certain things. They teach you to um, take a little bit more, um, 
like after you've you've gone through a lot, you're able to take a little bit more than the average person. So you're you're a little bit you can be a little bit more riskier. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So like I think that's just that's so true. It's just like recognizing that like we often look at our failures as if it's like okay, well we failed in that area, so. Um, there was nothing gained there, but there's always some kind of knowledge or wisdom that was gained um, in those moments. So you're absolutely right about that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your business, um, your real estate business? Like how long have you been an agent? Um, you already told us how you got started. So like how about how long have you been an agent? And just tell us a little bit more of like um, what that what your day-to-day kind of looks like in that business. Yeah, I've been an agent and a licensed agent for five years. Mm. Um, So I was licensed uh, while I worked full time. And how how I obtained my license was my husband would, you know, just to help with the paperwork. Mm. Or to show a house if he couldn't. So it was just kind of like a, I'm going to help you out type thing. Yeah. Um, and then I really didn't get heavily involved until a year and a half ago with clients, but I already knew the business just from personal deals. Yeah. Also, he was kind of my, my mentor. (laughs) Yes. I I learned the business through him because he's been licensed, uh, in doing, you know, real estate for quite some time longer than I have. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So with that being said too, is for a lot of businesses, um, COVID has kind of like killed a lot of businesses, but there are some businesses that are flourishing. Um, how, how has the pandemic, um, affected your business? Um, when it first hit us, um, both states, uh, Delaware and Pennsylvania, was mm-hmm. shut down in regards to real estate. If there were already pending, you know, tra- uh, transactions going on, those still closed. Mm, okay. Uh, there was no showings during that time. Everything was either virtual. Um, so clients were submitting offers sight unseen. Like oh, it was wow. still a little bit of real estate going on but not like it was in the past yeah delaware was not was stringent but not as stringent as pennsylvania pennsylvania was like no Mm. like no 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 so it really stopped in pennsylvania and with delaware it was just you know no showings no tours no open houses um so it slowed down Mm. um but soon as June the 1st, uh, Delaware allowed showings. It just started to pick back up. Wow. And uh, within the last, I would say, 30 to 35 days, it really picked back up in Pennsylvania. It had picked back up early June. Yeah. But a lot of their programs, uh, Philadelphia has a $10,000 grant program. Oh, wow. uh, For first-time buyers. So really, their market didn't pick back up until 30 days ago once those programs started to commence again. Okay, okay. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. Okay, Philly. Um, All right. So now, like, we're in, I think, 
would you say is it a better like we're more into the swing of things like it's not going to be normal but um is there more of like a pickup that you can see oh my goodness yes <laughs> oh i'm so tired <laughs> i don't know what to do um but i'm i'm thankful and i'm grateful yeah. um because uh the business has picked up yeah. um we have a couple listings coming at the end of the week and then we have some some buyers so yeah. i'm thankful that it has picked up um in ways that i could only imagine um one of my family members said i'm praying for y'all and it's gonna pick up yeah which i wasn't worried about it but what she prayed for and spoken to existence really happened Look at that. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> so it's 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 funny how it just came full circle. So yes. I'm thankful. Yes. Well, blessing to that family member. That's what I'm talking about. They got a direct line to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what line are, do, do I need to be on? <laughs> that is Can a direct patch, line. <laughs> patch me in three-way. <laughs> yes, that's a direct line. So bless them, Jesus. Um so with more people looking to buy homes, what should anyone consider um, when deciding whether or not, whether to rent or buy during this time? Um, it's impossible to say that renting or buying is, you know, the best decision. Okay. Because yeah. everybody's situation is, is unique. Mm. Um, so you want to consider where you live, yeah. the type of house you are looking for, how much you want to pay, whether it's renting or buying. Yeah. But also um, the future. Hmm. So uh, just five questions that you may want to um, consider uh, that I, I actually jotted down um, when you're renting versus buying. Um, so if you got a pen or a pad, take these five, five things to ask yourself when, you, when you're considering whether to rent or buy. Mm. how much can you afford um how long do you plan to stay um in that location do you want stability or flexibility mm. um can you afford to be responsible for home repairs or the maintenance of um a place and the last you know what are your financial family and career goals mm. are some things you know to consider yeah yeah those are good those are good things um those are really good things to to really think about when you're deciding making the decision because it is there's so many people um buying homes now um it, it is tempting i i know for me like those are some of the things that i considered mm -hmm. uh, i didn't necessarily consider i think all of them. <laughs> okay. I think for me, it was just um, recognizing that the money that I was placing into renting, there was a possibility that I could actually be putting that into a mortgage that would, you know, eventually go into something that I could actually own uh, versus like renting. And I'm like, like you said, you do have that flexibility to kind of like get up and go um, depending on what your lease agreement is. So um, you do, I do have that flexibility, but I, it's like, almost like for me, it was like, well, 
I'm paying into somebody else's property versus mm-hmm. the realization that, okay, I can actually go and own a home or get into the space where I'm owning this home and pay it down on this house. And, you know, like for me, I like, I'm going to get into investing or just different things like that. And I was like, you know, it could potentially be an investment into something like that to where I could have tenants. So like, I started thinking like business wise too, like it, it gave me so much more options um, to kind of like think about when it's, as it pertains to like owning a home. Um, so I, I really appreciate those. Those are really, really good um, things to kind of think about. Um, mm-hmm. So I really hope you guys jot them down. If not, rewind sit and play again so you can hear them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, can you just tell us a little bit, uh, like, what are some financial steps um, that we need to consider when looking to buy a home? Um, how much savings is needed? Um, and I am going off the old, ter- like, all my church, um, uh, all the churches that I've been to in my church, uh, brothers and sisters, you know, I've heard of the penny to penny down the no closing because you know god does things like that um but that's not always the case for for Mm -hmm. everyone um so it's just like what are some like you know yes we believe god can do those things and yes i'm still believing god's going to do those things for me um but realistically when we're looking into making this decision what are some financial steps that we need to consider and then like how much should we have saved okay um, so the first thing, of course, is your credit. Mm. Um, credit score uh, minimum is um, a 640. Mm. But I have seen certain uh, lenders that will work off of a 580 credit score. But of course, you're going to pay a larger down payment mm. um, due to the low credit score. So the first thing would be making sure your credit is uh on point and due to COVID, um a lot of lenders especially your bigger in bigger banks bigger institutions have raised score requirements um because everyone got scared with COVID. so that's the first step your credit okay um then the second step would be to determine how much you can afford So that would be being paired with a mortgage lender to uh, they're going to run your credit, but also they're going to ask for various documents, um, which would be two years of tax returns and W-2s, your two most recent uh, pay stubs, your two two months of bank statements, because they want to... um, look at your financial situation, but also your debt to income Mm. uh, to see how much you can truly afford a month as far as your max purchase price. Yeah. The next would be saving for your down payment. Um, You have FHA, which you can put 3.5% down. You could do conventional, which is 5% down. Conventional does have a higher credit score. I think it's 680. 70680 uh for conventional um and just 20 percent um 20 is just the best mm. because you don't have um private mortgage insurance and pmi private mortgage insurance protects the lender in the event 
uh, the buyer defaults on um, their mortgage and goes into foreclosure. Okay. Okay. Those are good. Those are good things to um, to really think about. Um, and you also asked me about um, closing costs. Yes. Um, so you can negotiate in your contract with the seller's uh, closing costs. Okay. Um, with FHA, up to 6%. And conventional, it's up to 3% of the purchase price. Okay. Um, but in... In the state of Delaware, closing costs range between four to six percent of the final purchase purchase price. So that's roughly, I've seen between eight to fifteen thousand in closing costs. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that's a nice. And then, go ahead. And then, um, just making sure because the bank, when they ask you for your bank statements, uh, they want to make sure you have some reserves. Mm. Uh, roughly three to six months of reserves in the event with COVID, you can still maintain your household day to day. Um, if there is something such as a COVID happening again, or you know something of that magnitude where you're not working. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So those are really good, um, and really, really good things to really think about. Um, Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. What are some common practices once the decision has been made to purchase a home? Um, so are there financial moves that um, that you that we should avoid once we've decided, okay, we've gone through that process, like you said, we've submitted for the loan. Um, are there financial moves that we should kind of like, eh, don't do that um, during this process? Um, yes. Um don't open or establish new credit. Mm. Don't go out and buy no car. Um, don't even open up another credit card because if you if, if you get a new card, that means you're going to use it, which has an effect on your debt to income. So just don't open any new accounts when you finally, one, made that decision that you're going to buy a house, but also when you're in the process, um, you've gone under contract. Mm. Uh, you cannot open any new credit or establish accounts because now your debt to income has changed. Um, continue to pay your bills on time. Uh, one missed payment can really uh, affect um, you seeking home ownership. Mm. One missed payment um, because it hits your credit. And depending on what your score is, like if you have a really high score, it may not affect you that bad, but if you have a really low score already yeah, and you miss a payment, that could be detrimental. You could possibly lose 40 to 60 points. Oh, wow. Wow. Make sure that, um, and my last one is, make sure your income does not change. Hmm. Um, so, for example, real estate is really hot right now. And there are houses that are going off the market but coming back on a market yeah and it's due to the fact of a lot of buyers are not able to um make their formal mortgage application because they may have been uh laid off from work due to covid um so you cannot receive unemployment if you're in the process of purchasing purchasing a home 
Oh, wow. Um, you can't change your job uh, when you're thinking about buying a home or even in the process. So you can't be a teacher and then decide you want to go into sales. It doesn't work like that. They need to see two years of strong employment history. Um, you can go from the salesperson at ADT to a salesperson for uh, Pepsi-Cola. There's no change in employment. It's just change in employer. Okay, okay. Okay. That's a really good distinction. Hello? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was wondering if it cut out on us. No, um, no, I'm still here. That's, yeah, that's a really good distinction because, you know, just recognize it too, like, um, what that change means. So a change of um, going from doing this a specific job at one place to the same job kind of somewhere else um, isn't necessarily what's being looked at is changing mm -hmm. profession completely. Um that can that's, that has a negative impact so that's really good um those Absolutely. are were all really really good um so what are some questions every home buyer should be asking their realtor before signing a mortgage um well i'm just gonna say from a realtor standpoint mm -hmm. um ask if it's their part-time or full-time profession um, because as a buyer, you want to see something when it hits the market. Yeah. Um, and if I was a buyer and I have an hour lunch and I know this one is a hot place, you know, I'm going to call and say, can I see this, you know, at such and such time, I need that flexibility from you. Yeah. Um, as my agent, um, ask them, do they primarily work with buyers or sellers um, because there are agents who only work with buyers and there are some agents who only work directly with sellers. Okay. Um, so ask, do they do both? Do they only do one? Are they, you know, do they only deal with transactions? So just writing up the offers and submitting the offers, like ask, you know, what are they versed in? Mm. Ask your agent to go through the home buying process in detail. Um, that should be the very first question. Can they lay out the steps? Um, and I think you have a question for me that will uh, that you want me to go through the steps. Is that correct? Yes, I, that's the next one is walking us through a typical process. Um, your company takes a prospective buyer through. Okay, so, you know, when you're asking them for the details of the home buying process, you want to make sure uh, they tell you how do offers go, mm. what happens during a home inspection. Um, if the offer is accepted, you know, what happens after that? What happens during the closing process? And also the timeline from start to finish, meaning once the offer is accepted, how long does it take for you to close on your home, which is between 45 and 60 days. Okay. Um, ask, are there fees associated with the process? So if you are a buyer and you're coming to me as your agent, you would not be paying my commission. The seller pays the commission for your agent, for the agents. 
um, you would just pay an admin fee for the broker. Um, and you just ask, what are those fees? I haven't seen it no more than five or $600. So that would be the fee, but you don't pay that until you physically close on a property. So there should not be any upfront fees that you're paying a realtor as a buyer. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, um when it comes to submitting offers, you know, make sure that they're doing comps. Um, they're called comps is short for comparable market analysis, looking at other homes in the area to see what they sold for. And that would best help you on determining what you should offer if you found the home that you really, really like. Yeah. Um, they should also be able to see major red flags in a home. Um, sometimes you'll see a home that's on the market for, let's say, a year. Why is this house on the market for a year? Yeah. Um, sometimes it's the seller isn't motivated. It may be tenants in place instead of the owner. Um, or maybe it's overpriced in this market today, the good homes that are priced right are not sitting no longer than five days. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If, if a house is sitting more than 30 days in this market, that tells me one, the house is overpriced. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good because like I know there have been a couple of times where like you showed me some houses and it's like well they're making a decision by Monday and it's like mm -hmm. now Saturday so or like houses like oh let's go see that and before you can actually go see it it's gone it's yep, under it's contract yep. so mm -hmm. that's that's absolutely right like a lot of the houses are going super fast. That's why I'm like, it just feels like everyone's buying a house. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that I'm talking to, they're moving or, you know, or I'm hearing about like they're moving or they've moved. Um, there's so many like people just transitioning because it is, it's a, um, if it's in your ability to do so, it's a great time to make that transition. Uh, but that's a desire. Um, what are some hurdles you've so more, this is more of a question like about your business itself. So what are some hurdles that you've, you've had to overcome in your business? Well, right now, low inventory. Mm. There's um, not many homes on the market. So you have this demand from buyers, a large demand of buyers that are looking for a home with no inventory. Really, there's when you look at market statistics, there is really only one month worth of inventory in oh, wow. our multiple listing service. And that's just not, it's everywhere. It's not just Delaware, a, a shortage of inventory. Um, another hurdle is uh, the growth of online competition. Um, and when I say that, Redfin. Um, Redfin used to be the... Um, social piece but now they've gotten into hiring agents and oh. giving yeah um so you could look on redfin 
on their site. And if you see a house, you can say request an appointment. And the Redfin, Redfin will get an alert, send an agent who, you know, has been screened. Yeah. And that agent can make like $50 just to open up the door. Oh, but wow. Are they, okay. are they qualified? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, that's one of the newest things. You're losing people because of that, that fast, quick. Okay, I want to see this place, but are you getting a qualified agent who can get you from A to Z? Yeah. Yeah. And the last one, um, which is just personal, a personal hurdle, cultivating your business. And what that means is um, staying in contact with your clients. Mm. Um. Hold on one second, Kadeen. I'm sorry, my little boy. You're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. No, I didn't, baby. I apologize. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. I can edit, so all is well. Okay. Uh, cultivating your business, which, you know, means staying in contact with your clients. Um, and this business, out of sight, out of mind. Mm. Um. Or that client may be calling you to say, I'm ready to sell my house. And if you're not on top of it, or you stay connected when they're ready, they're going to pick someone else to get the job done. Mm. So those are the top three hurdles um, when it comes to the business. Yeah, wow. So I didn't know about, you know, I, I guess... The red band, um, red fin. Oh, bin, uh, fin, f i n, red fin. Oh, red fin. Okay, so I guess, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, because that, that is a little bit risky unless you already know about real estate, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, to not kind of like have that assistance as it pertains to like making sure that you're um, asking the right questions or, um, so I guess for anyone that, you know, is considering that, you know, just to kind of like think about that, um, because someone opening the door and just showing you something um, is only a, the smallest part Absolutely. Of, of the and whole process. <laughs> I'm not even mad at, at that perspective, because there are some people who see this as a part time, you know, profession just mm -hmm. for extra money. So if that's, you know, the case, I, I can't be mad at it. If you say I'm going to open up 10 doors, you know, this week based off Redfin. Yeah. I get it. But you as a, a consumer, as a buyer, um, need to ask those questions. If ever, you know, you need to see a property on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because what if they say you like that property and you want to submit an offer? Can they submit an offer? Mm. Can they negotiate? Like, are they a good negotiator? Wow. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what really agency? What agency are they affiliated with? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually didn't know about them because um, my thought process through this wasn't that I was going to try to figure this out on my own. Mm -hmm. um, it was, I think I, I started with a loan to kind of see like what my bank would offer me. Um, 
like as I was thinking about it and then I was like um, definitely going to need an agent um, because I'm not qualified enough I'm not versed enough um, to have the conversations that need to be had um, mm-hmm. so I think you know for anyone that's listening or thinking about it and if you're thinking about um, you know not getting an agent um, make sure <laughs> that you have knowledge enough to kind of like ask the questions that you need to ask um, and make, to make sure that you're you're moving into the right place and that you're getting all the disclosures that you need when moving into that place. Okay. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and then, like, we're nearing the end, um, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you these questions. Um, you know, as a Black woman, can you speak to, like, the racial disparities in America um, and how, like, how are you affected by what's going on? So, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit about, you know, working in corporate America um, and not looking the picture of what your other counterparts looked like, whether it was age thing, uh, a race thing or a gender. (laughs) You actually Mm -hmm. like checked all the boxes um, that, you know, almost get discriminated against or get like a pushback um, in those different environments. So, you know, if you could take a moment to just kind of like speak to like, you know, how you're affected. Cause like, I don't know, it might be a little bit different now that you, you and your husband have your own business. Um, so you're able to kind of, I don't know, pick your own rooms <laughs> that you go into your part of. Um, but if you can just take a moment to kind of like speak to that. Um, you want me to share both corporate America experiences and real estate experiences? Yes. Yes, please. Um, so when I was in corporate America, um, because I was young and African-American, um, folks counted me out as I could not do the job and hmm. which I could do the job. And I had a team that was all African-American. Oh, wow. Um, so no one else could work with them because they could not understand them nor relate to the issues in the black community. Um, And I was able to relate, but also get the work that I needed from them. And it amazed people at how my team would huddle around even when my back was up against the wall. Yeah. They would come together and get the job done. Um, so I was already counted out by being young yeah. and African-American and that I really didn't have that many years of experience doing the job. I just knew how to lead the team and I learned how to work those numbers. <laughs> I learned the numbers. Yes, yes. That's good. That's good. That's good. Can you tell us a little bit, like, now that it's kind of, like, shifted um, into where I guess you have a little bit more, con- you, you you have a little bit more control um, because, in essence, you and your husband are kind of the company. Um, so, you know, can you just talk to us from that uh, standpoint? Are you still affected or because you have more control, like, it's not, you know, it's not something that you deal with? Um. There are, I don't know how many realtors there are in the state of Delaware, 
uh, that are licensed, active licensed, I'm going to say it's maybe 700. I could be wrong. I don't know that number. Yes. Actively, I don't know either, but let's say it's really 300 active, fully active agents that really, you know, are out in the field doing a certain volume within a year. Yeah. Um, so just with that, I think we have a, a hard time seeing folks of color mm. who do large volumes okay. in, in, in numbers, like production. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to see a face um, that looks like you that is dominating yeah. an area or a market. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether it's Newcastle County, Kent County, Sussex County, or the entire state, it would be nice to see someone that of color, you know, really really dominating. Yeah. And 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 and, and doing well. Uh, yeah. To serve as a mentor to uh, younger agents of color uh, who are coming up, but even some seasoned folks as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Like, I think, you know, in every area, what we're recognizing and learning um, is representation matters. Um, like in order for us to kind of especially for the younger generation to believe like I think now more and more uh, more and more people are paving their own way so even if they haven't seen the picture there are more and more people that are making or uh, creating that picture but for the most part like most of the population needs to see a picture of themselves to believe that they can do it um, absolutely so like I think you're absolutely right it, it is we we do we need representation in every area um, and we need those representation to be held up in a light that shows that they're doing well um, because let's be honest no one wants to be a part of a profession that they think <laughs> um, <laughs> is not doing well or they're not going to do well at um, no one necessarily wants to like jump into that arena but when they can see that okay, there's somebody that looks like me. There's somebody that, you know, has the same background as I do or like a similar story and they could see that person doing well. It's, it is, it's definitely um, something that really helps you dream a little bit differently and a little bit bigger um, mm -hmm. because hopefully then your thought is, well, well, if he can do it or if she can do it, then okay, then I'm going to aim to do, I'm going to aim to do more. I'm going to aim a little higher because I know that goal is attainable. If I work hard enough, that goal is attainable, but maybe I can, you know, take it to the next level. Um, so you're absolutely right. Like representation is needed <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and it, it, it absolutely matters. Um, we, we need to see it. Um, and then like, I also want to ask you because in light of what's um, happened to Ahmad and just Brianna and George and, you know, like Vanessa and Elijah, <laughs> And, like and the, the list goes on. Yeah, like the, you know, just the health crisis. So, like, you know, COVID and, you know, just the economy. In light of all of this chaos um, that's going on, how are you maintaining your peace during this time? Well, one, um, 
I'm going to answer the question, but um, as a community, uh, African-American community, yeah, we have been taught mm. um, to carry on and to push through mm, yep. um, a lot of issues, no matter how we may feel. Yeah. And just the countless murders. Yeah. Our failed government system. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, um, prison reform. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. A, a world leader that does and says absolutely what he wants. Yeah. It, it triggers a lot of uh, anger and aggression. Yes. Um in ways that you can only imagine. Yeah. So what I've done, CNN can really, really pull you in. Mm. For one day, I think I watched CNN for two hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did. What? I mean, I, I literally sat in my bed and watched CNN for about two hours. Wow. And it can really pull you in. Even with the with the COVID stuff, yeah, especially with uh, George Floyd, yeah. it pulled you in. The riots, it pulled you in, and it made you feel some kind of way. And I had to say, "Oh, I got to cut this off." Yeah, because this is getting ready to send me in a whole nother place. Yeah, um, and have the anger that I was seeing yeah. demonstrated on television. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to kind of remove myself. I can't listen to it. I can't see it because it's just going to make me feel a certain kind of way. Yes. 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 That's that's good. <laughs> and that's real. Um I know for me I had to um get off social media. Like I just took like weekend and now like I do it pretty much every weekend since that weekend. Um, okay. I had to like get on social media because I, I feel like I was already that person before this started happening but mm -hmm. I think because everyone is so much more intensified like everyone's outraged like um I always tell people I'm like I, I lived in New York for a few years after I graduated college like I moved right there and okay. when I moved there it was just such an it was such an awesome experience like one of the things I did was I got myself a library card really odd. okay but that's what I did I got myself a library card and I just wanted like black culture so I would write movies on like women in Bruce's place like I would write movies on like Good whether movie. it's black literature or black uh, movies uh, I would write books I would write all these things and that's all I was I just inundated myself with American African-American history or um, black history um, during that time that I was there and I was you know because like it's I have a passion for kids but it's like it's such a it's such a frustrating place um mm -hmm. to be in when you you recognize like just how powerful we are and then the more you learn about like our history the more you learn about just how powerful as black men and women like just how powerful we are and how powerful our ancestors were and just Absolutely. the things that they were able to do the advancements that we have here because they did something and they Absolutely. did it with with little access and you know like just thinking I'm like I think I always tell people um they look at me a little weird but it is different to grow up as an a black immigrant here than it is to grow up as an African-American or a black person that was born in this country okay 
the the experience is the experience for success is different. I think growing up here, you're I think our kids are shaped a little bit more by government politics than if you're an immigrant, you're shaped a little bit more, you are shaped by government politics to a certain extent, but you're shaped by your parents or your grandparents or whoever it is telling you, you better go do something. You better go like, this is an opportunity um, and you cannot blow it. Um, Absolutely. Whereas those are things that are not necessarily taught. If you are a black person that's here, like even just that, that it, like that basic thing of just there, you're right. Your right to be here, your right to occupy this space, your right to be great, your right to do and build businesses and own property and, like those are conversations that are not had. Whereas, like for me, I had no choice. <laughs> like I couldn't come here and live any kind of way that I wanted to because I don't have that right. <laughs> like okay. I don't have that right to. Um, and I recognize that I had to fight for every right that I have. Um, and and I think like that sometimes like because there's such a rift sometimes even like within our subculture of like the immigrant black and the black uh, Af the American black and then it's like well the African black and the Caribbean black like we have so many subcultures that is so frustrating like <laughs> we're black <laughs> oh I'm brown skin no you're black <laughs> like you are a variation of this of this um, melanin skin that is called black. Um, yes. and it, it's just like, you know, like for me, it was just such an amazing thing to kind of learn about, learn about how powerful we are. And, and I think that's something that we're still trying to figure out, like, how do we get, I think our kids are finally getting it to a certain extent. Um, like just how powerful, like, even when you, like, I love seeing those different headlines about like black kids, like the, and, and, and people don't get it. Like we still have titles like first black valedictorian, mm -hmm. first black salutatorian first yep. black chief of staff like first first if, black president yeah first black president <laughs> like if there wasn't an issue of racism why do we need to say first black anything yep. like why do we need that like why does a company then now need to in, in order to show diversity to say first black female executive like yeah. why do you need to do that if there is no level of racism because there would just be so many black people that it didn't matter. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it would be so many, um, uh, whether it be Asian people within the, it, it doesn't even matter because it diversity truly exists there. Diversity for most companies is like, companies put in a black person and put in an Asian person or put in an Indian person. So sometimes it's not that all those subcultures um, reside in that company. It's just that there's one of that, <laughs> one of those cultures within that, uh, that very white space. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> when you touched on companies stating they're diverse. Yeah. Um, where, <laughs> I can say on the front line, mm. yes, there is diversity. Mm. But where is it when you go up to your senior level management, mm. executive management, it's not shown. Yeah. There. So you can put out all day long these um, articles or booklets of yeah. different nationalities, men and women, and, you know, say that you're diverse. You're showing it there in publications and on the front line. But as you go up and you go higher, that's not the case. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's a very good point. Um, 
which is, you know, I think like even on this podcast, we've had like just different conversations about this. And it was just like, now that the protests are dying down in certain mm-hmm. areas or intensifying in other, but now it's like, it's that time to, your vote matters. Um, Absolutely. Because it's, it's the system that needs to be broken down. And like before, like we've been trying to change the people and we need to change the system because the people will assimilate to the system if the system is like reorganized. So if we reorganize when it starts like from the president, if the president doesn't see all people, then their issues, the politics and the laws that come down, they're not going to recognize all people. And Mm -hmm. if, if Congress, which is the problem, the president doesn't recognize and Congress um and 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 the house doesn't represent like they're not even completely on the same page because it's all about white money um so it's just like unless we deal with those things Mm -hmm. none of this will matter like and you know that's that's just been my cry for everyone to like go out and vote like stop believing that your vote doesn't count even when you don't vote it counted and remember (laughs) like and remember it counts (laughs) your our grandparents and or great grandparents fought for this day yes they had to jump through so many hurdles in order to vote meaning paying a poll tax yes taking a test in order to vote yes so we need to be at them polls come november well we need to be at number one in september for our board of education and other our other community uh voting um dates coming yes. up in september but also we need to be at the polls in november yes yes absolutely um and i'm like it, it's just something and i think too like we have to pay attention because it's like if it wasn't important why are like why was there such a i think i can't remember exactly it was i don't know if that was atlanta but they closed down the polling site early so they were like thousands of people outside in that specific black community because they had shut down so many of the polling places. So people couldn't like, there are a lot of people who couldn't vote and they redirected them to like, I think it was like one location. And then okay. I, I remember seeing the video, they were just pounding on the window for them to let them in until they let them in to be able to vote. And it's like, if your vote doesn't matter and if it doesn't count, why would we, why is there such a fight to keep you from voting? You know, president Trump, the schools are, it's safe to open schools, but it's not safe for people to go vote. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would there be such a fight for you not to vote if it was not important? Yeah. And I, I just hope that we're paying attention to that, too. It's like, yes, and I'm so glad you said the school elections and all of those things, because it's like we complain about the systematic as it, as it pertains to the school. Like, right yeah. now... Betsy DeVos, she's a complete idiot. Um, but <laughs> but some of them just aren't qualified <laughs> for the job. Yeah. So she's the person that's over all of the stuff from the federal part. But we can have some say when it comes to our specific schools that are in our community about who's in those schools and the representation. Um, because you can do something about the curriculum if you're getting the right people into the schools. You mm. can do something about representation if you're putting the right people in those board positions to where they can like now speak, you know, because there's so many schools where it is predominantly black and Hispanic community and, and like, and all the teachers are white and, and there's nothing, you know, we love 
we love all our teachers. We do. But representation matters because for that white teacher who that child is giving a bad, like a hard time, it's like, oh, that's a problem child. No, that child has a problem at home Mm -hmm. uh, in most points. But because like there's not a relation uh, into like the black household sometimes and the dynamics that happens there, um, you're not, they're not able to relate and to give that kid the break that they're probably not getting at home um, or they're probably not getting anywhere else because it's like, oh, that kid's a problem child. That kid's always doing this or that kid's, no, that kid's get like, sometimes it's like he gets no attention at home or she doesn't get any attention at home. And any attention is what they're seeking right now, negative yeah. or positive. They just want to be seen because sometimes they're not being seen. Sometimes mm-hmm. their needs are not being met. Um, and it, it, it's such, we need those board members to start from there, board members. So principals, so you're putting people in schools that are actually going to, that can talk to the student body in a way that human, like humanize them um, yeah. <laughs> versus like a dehumanization that's really happening within the school system because there's a lack of understanding um, of the different human conditions. Um, so I'm glad you said that. Like, it's important like that we vote every chance that we get. I don't care. Like, I um I did like the little uh like Cash App has like stocks that you can buy. Okay. And like for one company, I was so excited. I got to vote. <laughs> like I got to vote through, in there. Um through like, the through the app? Yeah, yeah. So wow. Like I signed I, I what which one was it? I forgot what company it was, but they were like going through like the decision of whether to pay the board and all of these different things. And and I was like I voted. I was like, this is awesome. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I will vote for my favorite sandwich. Like, I, I appreciate my right to vote for things. Because right now, I'm an immigrant, so I can't vote in the elections and these different things. But I absolutely press for everyone to be able to vote. <laughs> okay. Because it's, it is. It's an important right. Um, and it's a, it's a hard-fought right. Like um earned uh by our ancestors for us to be able to to vote and it it is such a slap like um in their faces uh for all the tears all the blood all of that um to not exercise that right um to do that in every aspect that you can so i'm glad you said that like yeah i'm glad you expounded on that question about this topic like I could go on for hours about it um because it absolutely is a passion of mine um and it's it's critical <laughs> at where we are today it's critical yes than ever before yes um because we're we're trending down yes, um, yes. and if we continue to let who we who um is in place as our world leader yeah we're gonna be god can i can only imagine yeah what we will be like next year around this time two or three years from now yeah no if if we don't get out and vote yeah yeah and you know there are many people like i have my reservations about biden yep and i think it is the same kind of 
um, situation that we're in when it was Trump and Hillary. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, it is. It, I don't. I don't know if the glass is half full on any of them, or, or let me say, you can look at it half empty or half full. Um, yeah. And then it's it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, so which which uh which insanity can I take? Um, because to a certain level, he has a <laughs> Joe Biden has a certain level of insanity as it comes down to it too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, which one can we survive? Um, and it's making that decision. Like, even if you don't say we, which one can, can your family survive? Which one can you survive? Mm-hmm. What does your family need? Because I think a lot of people made decisions based on the economy a couple of years ago. Um, or thinking, what, thinking yeah. what it would be like, <laughs> um, in which I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I ain't really seen too much of a change. Yeah. 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 Just personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotten worse, actually. Um, Because anyone, I haven't paid full attention to uh, President Trump because he annoys me. And Oh, well, the the last thing that that (laughs) man did, um, which was he extended unemployment at the end of the year. I think he's rolling back. Is it the payroll tax or something? Oh. I hadn't dug deep into it, but all of these tactics are to get him back in office. And once he gets back, man, he going to cut it all off and reverse it. I mean, you never know what this man got up his sleeve. Yes. Oh my gosh. So that is something that that's on an earlier episode is, is that and I'm like I hope you like people see it for the ploy and the tactic that it is because this this was just an appeasement like mm-hmm. this four hundred dollars when you were getting six hundred dollars and you know if people pay attention it was like three hundred is federal money and a hundred is state coming from the state most states are bankrupt as yeah. it pertains to unemployment so if that's the case that you might get three hundred dollars um, might you might that that's probably like that's what he's offered he's not offered four hundred dollars he's offered three hundred dollars because most states won't be able to meet that one hundred dollars for everyone yeah and 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 it's just like you know um the extension with evictions there's a whole bill that that his republican party and the democratic party cannot come together on deciding that would actually help America as a whole, not appease America, but actually help to a certain extent as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully they do it right this time where they, they're actually getting those money and benefit reliefs to people and companies that, that need it. Need it. Um, because they keep talking about this um, $600 that's apparently um, causing a lot of people not to want to go back to work. And it's just like, Hmm. Depending on where you live, that six hundred dollars is like a like a drop in a bucket. Um yeah. and it's no one. <laughs> like there are there are always people that are gonna take advantage. They are, they exist. There are always people. There are like a very small percentage that are like, I'm not gonna go back to work because I'm getting this money. Yep, they exist. But from that most or I'm people, not gonna pay my bills. Yeah. Because they've extended the grace period of when I don't have to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
so so everything that he does is just so counterproductive but it, it's it's that whole stall that they can't make a decision and then here he comes like okay i got it i'll just yeah. make an executive order and i'm just like whatever this cloak is that's over this country, it exists because I'm still having discussions with people about why, like, there is racism in America. Like, I'm still having to have that. And and, and I think at this point, is like, if you're white, all I, you will never understand. Unless I can give you my black skin and you walk in my black skin, you will never understand because yep. everyone keeps trying to look through their own lenses. And, like, you know, like, I'm talking to, like, well-intentioned, um, and they're like, well, no, like, yes, you're not, you, you don't see yourself as a racist and you're not looking at anyone differently. Yes. Let's say all those things. You're not doing that. But there's a certain level of privilege that your skin color gives you that mine's does not. And like, I think it's hard for people to, well, no, it's not that hard. Uh, people just won't accept that. <laughs> Yeah. Like they won't accept that that is a reality that their skin color gets them a certain level of privilege that my that minds take away. Um, like even in this, like, because I do, I talk, I love God, and this is like mostly like Christian based uh, platform. Uh, okay, and like part of my thing is like having conversations with Christians, um, and it's like, well, all God's creature, and yes, yes, we're all God's creatures. But I do have a problem with Christians who don't see that there is a problem here. Mm. Uh, and cannot see that there's an issue that's going on. And it's like, we, it is not an issue. Like, yes, absolutely put Bible scriptures in it. Let's do all that. Let's pray. Let's fast. Let's do all of that. But there are some practical steps that we need to take. Let's, let's take those practical steps. Because when, when we leave our church building now, our church, our homes, and we walk out, yes, God is with us. But just like everyone doesn't see God, some they definitely see our skin color. And they treat yeah. us based on our skin color, not our Christianity. And mm. depending on where you go, that's not even a help. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's just like recognizing, like, let's all wake up and have that realistic conversation that it is racism exists. It yeah. is a problem, though you may not be racist it exists and there are certain like privileges that you have as a white person it exists no it is not your your fault no um you didn't ask for it but let's be honest you're not mad about it mm. <laughs> like you know let's be honest you're not mad about it you've never given it two thoughts that your other friend um doesn't necessarily have those same thought, like those same rights, nor have you given it enough thought to like fight for your friend. Um, okay. In those situations. <laughs> so I, I think it is, it is such a layered conversation. And every time I start having, I'm like, uh, the whole conversation of racism could just go on and on and on. Um, yeah. Forever. Um, but you kind of mentioned too, I, I guess that's how you're maintaining your peace is turning off CNN, which is, I think is, is really good. Um, oh yeah. Turn, <laughs> turn it off. Cause Maybe yeah. Sometimes that stuff ain't all, you know, I have mixed reviews about just, you know, the news because yeah. sometimes they deliver factual information yes. and sometimes it's inaccurate information. Yes. So it's just distinguishing what's real and what is not 
Yeah. But it can pull you in rather quickly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So that's a good one. That's a turn those TV off, y'all. If y'all need to breathe and remember and to love all God's people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do <sometimes> so. <laughs> CNN and stuff will make you forget that. So if you need to refocus yourself, yes, disconnect from CNN, disconnect from any other news channel you listen to. And sometimes it is disconnecting from social media. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you need to do, disconnect for a moment and like make those human connections um, because they matter and they'll kind of like get you back into that space of, um, I don't know what normal is anymore, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Into a better state of mind. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Can you take a moment? This is my, actually my favorite question. Can you take a moment to speak to, actually, I don't know. I I took the, so can you take a moment to speak to, I was going to ask you the 12 year old in every listener, but what I really want to know is, can you, can, if your 12-year-old, if 12-year-old Vajra would be able to see you now, what would she say? Did she imagine the life that you now have? Did she imagine doing the things that you're doing? Um, what would she say to you? Um, or what I would say now? No, like what would your 12-year-old, uh, what would 12-year-old Vajra say to you now if she saw you? Would she believe that it's you? Um, would... You know, would she believe that, okay, this is what we're doing now? Like, okay, I'm proud of you. Or, you know, did she believe that she could do what you're doing now? Dream big. Continue Mm -hmm. to dream big. Don't let nobody tell you no. Yeah. Um, Just continue to dream big. Yeah. Positive affirmations. Yeah. Um, Positive thoughts. Um, and don't let anybody tell you no. Mm. No, you can't because you can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not where I want to be in life, and that is okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm doing all right. Yes. I'm doing all right. Yes. I've had some successes, but I've also had some failures, which now I've learned from them and I can take it another step further. Yeah. As I progress. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, you know, I was going to ask you if you had any final words for our listeners. Um, those were, that was good too. <laughs> I don't know. Did you want to add anything? Um, I do want to say thank you, Kadeen, for asking me to join you today and, and, and your listeners. Yes. Um, and the opportunity to share um, with, with you and, and your listeners. Because you know, um, when you asked me, I was like, will they see me? <laughs> um, is this live? <laughs> and then I said, um, I'm nervous. Um, and it just flowed naturally. Yes. So thank you. You are welcome. I faced the fear today. Yes. Um, So I'm thankful. Yes. And you did excellent. Um, And y'all, nobody knows why uh, Vedra didn't want to be seen because she's beautiful. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No one understands that. 
Um, but we Thank are so you. glad that, you know, you were able to join us and just, you know, talk real estate with us because like you've given us a lot of helpful information as, you know, for any listener that's out there looking to purchase a home, you've given us a lot of things to kind of think about and to look at and to consider. Um, yes. And I think hopefully once you finish, like once they've listened to this, I think they'll become a more um, informed home buyer. Yeah, and absolutely. We're going to make sure that we're going to put your uh, social media handle in the show notes so people are able to kind of reach out to you if they okay. have further questions or if they're in uh, Delaware and, or Philly and they're looking for a realtor, like we'll make sure that we make that connection so people can get that information and, you know, connect with you in that way to just okay. continue. Um, and who knows, maybe we might be able to have you on another episode because I also want to talk I want to hear more about real estate investing. Um, and okay. I know you do that as well. So I got some good stories and some bad stories, but hey, you learn from it. <laughs> so I hope you guys really enjoyed that conversation with uh, Vader and I. Um, I hope you got some really um, great tips and things to kind of think about as you're looking to purchase your home. So, um, you know, during that conversation, I had a couple of scriptures come to mind. Um, so I struggled a little bit with which one to share, but I think I'm going to go ahead and share Proverbs um, 2, I'm sorry, Proverbs 1, 2 through 5. And it says, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtility to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion, a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understand shall, understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. So that was a scripture that just came to mind because um, the most amazing thing about the word is um, as we're reading it, there's so much wisdom, there's so much knowledge that we can attain from it, and there's so much wisdom and knowledge that we can attain from each other by having conversations. Um, there's so much that God kind of like releases to us through the people that we have conversations with. Um, so I thought it would just be important to share that scripture to, you know, encourage you to go ahead and dig deep into the word for your for knowledge, for your own life and for yourself. And then also challenge yourself to have conversations with people who know more than you um, in certain topics, in certain areas so that you can gain that wisdom and understanding in those areas as well. Um, it's OK not to know. Um, and it is OK to seek out those people who do know. Um, so. I also, I'm also going to make sure that you are able to get uh, Vedra's information, so it'll be in the show notes for you. Um, you know, um, as always, I want to encourage you to subscribe, to comment, like, rate. Uh, those things are important, and I, you know, I love everyone that, you know, texts me or call me about, like, how great an episode was. Um, but I hope that you would consider translating that in the actual area where you listen. So whether it's on, um, iTunes or anchor, like actually leaving that information there and rating, um, the actual podcast in those different places where you are listening. Um, thank you again <laughs> for joining me for this week's episode of Faith in It with Kay. See ya. <laughs>